Hello, and welcome to Ballistic Performance Radio. This is your one-stop shop for all things nutrition, fitness, and mindset. Our goal is to help you make fitness and nutrition a part of your life, not your whole life. We discuss a variety of topics, including faith, self-awareness, sustainability and consistency, training programs, grocery store navigation, and how to enjoy your favorite foods without guilt or remorse. There is a lot of noise out there in the world of health and fitness, so we're here to provide real, reliable, and practical answers and recommendations that will keep you moving forward on your journey. My wife Ashley and I are your hosts, and please do not hesitate to reach out on social media to say hello, ask questions, or comment on this week's episode. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. All right, we are back on the podcast. It is episode 105, and we are here with a special guest. Ashley is laughing at me because we tried this once already, and we were not recording, but now we are ready to rock and roll. So we have Andy Johnson on the show. That's Andy, not Andy. Call her Andy. She'll whoop your ass. <laughs> and Andy, I just want to give you a second to introduce yourself, explain a little bit about who you are, what you do, and why you do it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. I am Andy Johnson. You got that right. You can call me Big Johnson. Um, I am a licensed therapist, certified coach, and I reside in the Houston, Texas area. I own a private practice, private group practice, and we serve the community around um, the Friendswood area. And I work with mostly women uh, to help them just ease their anxiety and their overwhelm so that they can reach their potential, really their best mental and physical shape. Very, very holistic and incorporating the body um, and understanding that, that our life has so many systems in it that affect one another. And so I really work to treat the whole person. Love that. I know Ash yeah. loves that. Yeah, gives me chills. <laughs> I love when it's, when others use like that holistic approach because you're so right. Everything's so connected. Absolutely, and that's been. I mean, to answer the that last bit of why, and it really came from my own healing journey and what was working for me and what I needed, and it completely changed the way that I showed up with my clients. So it's it, it was a personal journey first, and then I realized people need this. So yeah, that really influenced the way that I work big time. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a perfect segue into the first thing I wanted to talk about, which was your story. And without tumbling too far down the rabbit hole, uh, maybe you can give us like the spark notes version or the, the two minute version of really that journey and how you went from, you know, depressed, anxious, feeling trapped to competing in bikini competitions and sponsorships mm -hmm. and marriage and now running the successful business. So can you dive into that for us? Uh, yes, I love to reminisce. <laughs> um, yeah, I have a history of some very dark bouts of depression, um, a history of anxiety, which 
both of those things, depression, anxiety are often comorbid. And they, the, so a lot of people who experience one will have the other as well. And I got to a point where I was in so much pain that I was Googling how to kill myself. And obviously that was a moment for me that I'm like, wow, I really just Googled that. You know, the, the least painful way to kill yourself. That Those were my, my words in Google. And so I knew at that point, this truly is a life and death situation and I needed help. So I started my own therapy journey, uh, working with a talk therapist, and that helped tremendously um, survive, really, is what it did. It helped me survive, and uh, but it didn't help me thrive, and that's when I started seeking out other things to incorporate into my self-discovery and healing journey. And the thing I turned to, which makes perfect sense knowing what I know now, was movement. Uh, it was fitness and moving my body and incorporating that. And that's really what segued into my fitness journey and doing competitions and had such an incredible sisterhood of befriending the the very, uh, and I quote this because I know it sounds judgmental, but like types of people that before I thought I could never connect with and they truly became my sisters. And that transformed my life so much. So combined with talk therapy, incorporating the body movement, fitness, then the connection of the sisters, it was like, Oh, so like, this is what healing feels like now I'm thriving. Um, and that's when I started to really dive into this holistic approach of how can I work with other people, help other people using this lens uh, and, um, understanding the nervous system and all of the stuff I like to nerd out on. And yeah, now I'm here today. <laughs> Sure. helping other people and incorporating somatic practices and using the body to really process what gets stored through, um, you know, trauma, big T and little T trauma of our, of our, of our past. And I love it. I love what I do. Love that. That was so concise. I am so impressed. You can tell you tell that story a lot because most people <laughs> I get like their life story and I'm like, uh, uh, I'm trying to cut in to chop it off. You're like, and we're out of time. Yeah, I'm like, okay, there goes the first 35 minutes of the episode. Uh, no, that was incredible. Uh, thank you for sharing that. And so it sounds like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, the catalyst initially to seeking like, okay, I need just help or I need to do something was Googling what you yes. shared. Yeah. After that, you had mentioned that that was how you could start surviving or that is mm -hmm. how you survived what was the catalyst or what made you realize that you weren't thriving after you started going through this healing process? Like what made you then pursue fitness and movement to find that next level? Yeah. So <clears throat> talk therapy really helped me gain an understanding of what was going on, an awareness, a knowledge. Like it was, it's very cognitive when you're talking, you're, it's all up here, right? All in your head. And, um, and so, yeah, I had such an understanding and, oh, wow, it makes sense. And yeah, of course, this thing in my childhood has now led to this. And this is what's been painful for me. 
um, and it didn't heal it. I knew it, but I still felt stuck. So while it was so, so beneficial to make sense to myself, to understand, it grew so much compassion for that girl, right? Who was Googling how to kill herself. I had so much compassion for her and love for her. I didn't, I grew to love her versus despise her really. And um, that was great, obviously. So, so healing. And I was still getting stuck in the same patterns as I always had been emotionally and not really um, being my true authentic self and what was really holding me back there. And so I think unknowingly at the time incorporating my body and moving the energy and the emotion that was stuck there was something that I intuitively knew to do to heal and process emotion that was trapped. And that's something that you can't do by talking. Like that's, that's the body. So fitness, it makes so much sense that I turned to fitness um, just for that movement piece. But now with my clients working, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to the gym and working out with them, but I am incorporating the body, incorporating the nervous system, because that is the next step. I think that so many incredible practitioners out there are helping so many people with talk therapy. But for me personally, in my story, it only took me so far. So I knew it needed that extra piece. Yeah. Love that. Man, we're getting deep already and we're only on the first layer of the onion. This is exciting. <laughs> Feel okay. Like that. That's right. I Keep do, going. I do have a quick question for you, Andy. Did someone recommend fitness to you or was that kind of just like a internal thing? You've always been a little bit interested in that. Um, actually, uh, <laughs> No one uh, recommended it to me necessarily, but, and it was definitely not something that I had always been interested in. It was actually the opposite. I was the kid in school that got picked last for everything. I was the kid who, um, you know, playing in PE would always get like hit with the ball in the head, you know? like not an athlete, not athletic. I was, that was a part of myself. I was really insecure about actually. And that I held a lot of, um, yeah, just embarrassment and shame around. So when I started getting into fitness, it, it was a me continuing to journey through discovery of myself. That's what it was is, unlocking another part of myself that I felt so restricted in um, and stepping into more vulnerability and discomfort and knowing that I needed to do that. Um, I think that the, the thing that really like, I remember the moment, the moment I was like, I need to do this was seeing uh, someone I went to high school with doing her competitions and I didn't want to do competitions. I remember when I reached out to her, I was like, so like, you look amazing. And I, I want to get in shape. Like, where should I start? I want to begin learning how to work out. And she's the one who introduced me to the fitness team. I ended up joining, but I told her, I was like, I do not want to compete. Like if I join this team, do I have to compete? And she's like, you don't have to, but you're going to want to. I'm like, 
hell no, I will not. I will never compete. I mean, I said that so like for sure. And three months later, it was like, so I think I'm going to compete. <laughs> um, but that's that journeying, right? It just kind of led to that. Um, but I don't know if that answered your question. But yeah, it was just something that was an insecurity of mine and that I felt like I need to incorporate some sort of movement into my process and getting in shape and feeling good in my skin was a byproduct of that, which is, I won't, I won't discount the importance of that either. So that was a huge part. That's awesome. So literally you went from being the girl in the back of the dodgeball court <laughs> who, when a dude moves his head, being agile and athletic, you get pelted in the face to the badass bitch who's like in the gym weightlifting and then getting on stage in bikini and just crushing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like such a different person. And I was the chubby kid. I remember, so I had some um, disordered eating along the way as well, because I would go to lunch at school and not eat at lunch because I didn't like to eat in front of people. Um, I had as a young child and I'm talking like eight, nine, 10 years old, I was chubby. And that was, I remember in, um, what grade was that? Fourth grade, Miss Smith's class. There was it, a boy, I really, I know Miss Smith, uh, her name was Andrea. And so minding Andrea, I was like, I love you. And we're the same. Um, I love <laughs> Miss Smith. So, but Miss Smith, I was, I was in a class with my crush and I had a best friend at the time as well. And she, she was like a little tiny, tiny girl. And I was like very tall and chubby. And this boy, he, he would kind of, he was playing the field. Like ugh, we were in fourth grade and he's playing the field. So he's talking to kind of both of us and we both have a crush on him. And he ends up telling me, Hey, I'm going to have to go with this other girl because, uh, you're, you're too fat. And I was like that, those moments, right. As kids, like that was shattering for me at the time. And so I begin to realize like, okay, Andy, if you want to be loved, like if you want to, if you want someone's approval and someone to accept you, you need to be perfect. Like I remember thinking that, and that means perfect, everything, perfect grades, perfect hair, perfect, perfect, everything, you know, I wait. And so that started just, I won't say it was the moment I began disliking myself because that happened long before, um, but it was absolutely a defining moment of like, this world isn't safe to, to be imperfect in. And so I began this journey of tr seeking perfection and everything that I was doing and so much fear surrounding that of, of rejection if I wasn't perfect. Um, and ultimately I think that those years of doing that for so long is what led me to that, what I call like the, my fuck this moment of like, I can't be here anymore. I want to die because if, if I can't be seen for who I am, what is the point? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, right? number one, 
fuck that guy. Because now you're with an Aquaman doppelganger beast of a husband. So that dude can go to hell. Uh, But transitioning back into the actual conversation here. um, So all of that, as you mentioned, was kind of building up and led to that point. You got Mm -hmm. into talk therapy. Then you got into fitness. Mm -hmm. When you got into fitness and you started finding success within fitness, whether that be just like seeing body composition change or actually starting to compete, when was it that you realized that this could become a platform or this could become something that you could use to help other people? Mm. So I love this question because it, reflecting back on it, I had no idea what was coming at the time. Um, It all happened so organically I started a fitness Facebook page called Andrea's Tale of a Tight Tush. Yes, you heard that right. (laughs) Is that still live? Can you still get on that page? It's still live. It's there, people. (laughs) Enjoy. Um, And I journeyed for accountability for myself. I started journeying my, or or putting out there my journey of, of transformation of like, all right, I'm getting in shape. I joined this team. And, um, I would post pictures of my meals and my workouts and how many calories I burn on my cool watch, you know, and I really just posted everything and the raw moments, the tough stuff. And it was for myself. It was like a, a journal for myself and, uh, it grew to over, I think 7,000 people following And people started reaching out to me, like, can you help me? And what are you doing? And what's that recipe? And so I ended up getting certified as a personal trainer so that I could, I felt good about helping other people um, and providing them workouts. I created a membership for women to join and I gave them just, you know, virtually their workouts and nutrition tips and all sorts of things in that membership. And yeah, that kind of unfolded just very, very organically with me showing up and a truly not as an expert, but as a, like, this is just my story. And it it just went from there of people really enjoying watching and then seeking guidance from me. It was, it was something I could have never predicted, honestly. (laughs) People wanted in on that tight tush. Now, was this, was this pre-Instagram? Was this? This was, it wasn't pre-Instagram. I had an Instagram as well, but I was more present on Facebook. So I was like, you weren't posting like the ass shots on Instagram every other day. And that's how you accumulated all these followers. Not yet. Not at that point. (laughs) That came later. Yeah. yeah. That that was 2013 guys. Come on. Uh, That's awesome. So started just like you had mentioned sharing your journey that led to this membership base that you created and these these offerings and this product i guess you could call it mm-hmm. talk about the evolution from that initial membership or an, an uh tale of a tush facebook page to <laughs> the business that you're now owning and operating and being incredibly successful in yeah oh my goodness so actually i ended up this is just a part of, of my journey. I still reflect on, I ended up shutting everything down and like ghosting that whole page because I couldn't handle 
all of it. I wasn't the, I wasn't, it wasn't something I was seeking or expecting. And so I had, I lacked boundaries. Um, I was giving away so much for free for probably way too long. I was undercharging for things and I was receiving like, you know, the, the mean comments and things like that. And I just wasn't someone who could handle it at that time. And that's why from then on, like after taking a little bit of a hiatus after that, I have focused on who, who do I need to become in order to get to the next step? Because if I get there, it will all come crumbling down, come crumbling down if I cannot handle it. So, um, took that hiatus. I ended up focusing, um, I, I let my personal training, uh, certification lapse, um, and focused on mental health. I had a master's in, so here's the interesting part. When I was going through that point where I was Googling how to kill myself, I was actually in school for psychology. I already knew I wanted to be a therapist. So that's a whole nother layer of like imposter syndrome, feeling like a fraud of like, I want to help other people. And here I am wanting to die. Perfect. You know? Um, but so I was, I put my full-time energy into more of the mental health aspect of things versus, um, fitness and, so opened my private practice after I graduated with my master's degree, which a lot of this fitness stuff was going on while I was in school for my master's degree and, um, uh, met my husband in that whole time period. A lot was happening, but yeah, started my private practice when I graduated, but it was very, very part-time. I have had always up until March of 2020 had a full-time job that wasn't um, fully in the mental health field, but it was like nine to five security insurance, all of those things. Um, but my private practice has been with me along the way. And then when March, 2020 hit, I was laid off from my full-time job. My husband was laid off. I was a new mom. And I said, holy crap, I have to make this private practice work full time. And that's what I did. Sought mentorship and really the success that you refer to, um, which I'm working on receiving that because it's a little mind blowing and it's all happened pretty rapidly, um, has truly happened within the last year and a half. Like March, March 31st of 2020 was when the day I got laid off. And so um, that summer is when I worked with my first business coach, got guidance, um, and yeah, now now I'm full time in my private practice, and yeah, it's great. It's going great. Yeah, <laughs> so that's, that's amazing. The stuff you're talking about, yeah, that's it's been amazing. a journey. <laughs> uh, and before I forget, I meant to meant say this earlier, and then I'm going to mm -hmm. circle back around to where we were. But the fact that you had said that you would never compete and then you ended up competing immediately. What I wanted to do was interrupt you and cut you off and share a story about Ashley. Cause she's I already, knew she knows what that. I'm going to say <laughs> when Ashley started CrossFit, something very similar happened. She was like, 
I will never. I will never wear booty shorts. Like or a sports bra working out. <laughs> like I ever. will never be half naked. And I literally said the exact same words your friend said to you. I said, I guarantee within three months you are wearing booty shorts and a sports bra while like, you work out. Okay, here we go. <laughs> and then literally, like three months on the nose, she's buying these Nike booty shorts. I'm like, okay, now we're talking. <laughs> That is so funny. You, I'm telling you that that phrase, never say never, it always comes to bite you in the butt, in, yeah, in the, the booty short butt. <laughs> if if you say never, like you can guarantee that it's going to come around. Yeah, Bieber, <laughs> Bieber knew what he was talking about when he wrote that song. Everybody just thinks he's a little kid, but he's wise. The wisdom there. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, very true. Oh, my okay. God. All right. Coming back to the serious <laughs> side of things. So you go all in on the private practice out of really necessity. Yep. You find some success there. Now, we're going to circle back around to Empower here in a second, how you got involved there. But with your private practice now and with what you're doing, are there like pillars that you kind of built that practice on that you talk about with your clients or that you put out there and all of your content and your messaging? And if so, what are those? And can you dive into each one a little bit for us? Yeah. So really the journey I take my clients on is my three C's. Um, and the first one is consciousness. So truly this becoming an objective observer of your own life because we are all running an automated program. Um, you know, you're waking up in the morning and you're brushing your teeth and you're just doing your morning routine and you're driving to work and whatever you've got going on. It is so automatic. It's like that feeling. I don't know if it's ever happened to you where you you get from point A to A to point B in the car and you have no idea how you arrived there. It that's how people are living their life. They're sleepwalking. And so the first step to change truly is getting them outside of that program and observing it. Because if you're observing the program, you're not running the program. So we work on consciousness first. It's the foundation. Without it, there's nothing. You're just a robot, right? The next one is compassion. So as we start like heightening the, that consciousness, as we start discovering our patterns, judgment, it, I have not met one client <laughs> who doesn't follow it up with judgment. Judgment of, I can't believe I do that. Why can't I just stop? Can you fix me? Okay, now I know that, that this is what I do. Like, now what? I need to fix it. And that, that mentality, that fix it mentality, in and of itself, inherently lacks compassion. And so bringing them to this place of releasing judgment increasing compassion so that they feel safe to heal like healing just cannot share a space with judgment it just can't if you cannot elevate yourself by berating yourself first it's just not something that can happen and so um, compassion is absolutely the next step to that we do that that's where a lot of the somatic work comes in understanding survival and self-protection um meeting your inner child, all a lot of somatic work. 
Then the last one is connection. Because as beings, we need connection and we need um, to feel safe in connection. And so that's truly the journey I'm taking people on is getting them to a point where they feel safe within them, in their nervous systems, within themselves to truly connect with another being. Um, and that co co-regulation piece is so, there's another C, but that's within connection. Um, that's so, so important. I think that out there on social media today, there's a lot of hype around like be your own hero kind of thing, like love yourself first and um, be there for yourself and have your own back. And while I get that, and that's great, uh, it's misguided a little bit and it's, um, it makes people think there's something wrong with them for wanting to be seen and loved by another and for wanting and needing that connection. And I'm here to say it is, we are biologically wired to connect and need that for survival. It's not a choice. We're not lone mammals. We need other people. Uh, and it's okay to desire that and want that. Um, that reminds me when I met my husband, I didn't love myself. And I know that message kind of playing on the same thing of like, if you can't love yourself, no one else can love you, you know? And so it was like, I remember thinking, I told him no to being his girlfriend three times. Cause I was like, I don't love myself, you know, um, through his love for me, I learned to love myself truly. Um, I get emotional because there's nothing more beautiful than showing your most shameful parts and someone stays. And I'm so grateful for him because sometimes we need someone to love us unconditionally so that we know how to love ourselves. Sometimes we need someone to love us unconditionally so that we know we're worthy of it. And it took me a while to receive that from him, truly. But I'm really passionate about this piece because it's okay to need someone else to love you. That's the way we work. And there's nothing wrong with that. So that's the third part of healing is truly feeling safe to connect, showing yourself to another, being able to receive love and give love. Uh, and, and that's one of the most rewarding parts because without our relationships, like I, life is so boring. <laughs> so unfulfilling our relationships are the quality of our relationships you know depicts the quality of our life i believe that so there you have it there you know is. i can't get through this without crying well i was just gonna say i should have i should have known you should add some tissues ready ashley should have had some tissues ready because now she's gonna be all worked up and then we're gonna get off of this call and she's still gonna be emotional and we're gonna have to have a deep talk <laughs> And it's just, it's going to snowball effect into the rest of the day. I'm not going to get any work done. Uh, no, just kidding. But, but not kidding. But not kidding. Uh, just trying to lighten the mood. But seriously, thank you so much for sharing all of that. And 
I think it's a really powerful message. And since you brought up Jordan, I did want to talk about him at some point. So we may as well just segue into that. (laughs) True or false, you met your husband on MySpace or through MySpace. You know this. True. How <laughs> do you know that? Okay, both of you. I do my homework for this <laughs> shit, okay? I really do. I'm impressed. And when there's not a lot of publications or info on people, I got to dig deep. I got to dive <laughs> into Instagram and go down the rabbit hole and read every post. And I'm telling you what, it's a pain in the ass, but it's worth it when you find gold like that. Worth it. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> along my my uh the rough the rough years of not loving myself, I was getting in some really toxic relationships. And so uh, blessing, one of those had just ended, okay? And he broke up with me because I was depressed. Um, so he didn't stay and, uh, that's, that's good right now looking back, but I had, I got on MySpace one day and Jordan had commented on one of my best friends page. What is it even called? It's not a wall, but I don't know. Yeah, it I is a wall. It's a wall. Uh, yeah. Okay. So he had commented on one of my best friend's walls and I, his profile picture, he, he looked slightly homeless. He had a cigarette (laughs) hanging out of his mouth, this huge beard, this ponytail. He was in, um, he had whiskey in his hand. Um, what he was wearing, what is it called? He was a mechanic. So he was wearing like the jumpsuit, like the greasy jumpsuit. And I was like, ooh, click. Like, (laughs) this is someone my dad wouldn't approve of. Like, I'm going for this, right? (laughs) So I'm like, I just got out of this breakup. Like, I just want to have fun. Who's this, right? So uh, I friended him. We also had 40 mutual friends. I later discover that we grew up two miles away from one another and went to the same high school and had no clue who each other was. He was two years older, but same high school. So he hung out with my high school sweetheart. Like he, my high school sweetheart and him used to hang out. I'm like, what? It's so weird. How big is your high school? uh, It was a 5A school. I don't know how many people that is, but it was big. It was big. big. Okay. So anyway, but so our paths, it's just crazy. They never crossed because of how our circles just kind of intermingled. Um, but I friended him, he accepted and he messaged me. He's like, do I know you? And I, I responded, I said, uh, no, but I think you're really cute. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I was, I, I was really putting myself out there. So he's, yeah. he responds, he's like, you're not so bad yourself. And I kid you not, he called me the next day. Like I gave him my number. He called me the next day. I had finals the next week. I was graduating from my undergrad program. I had finals the next week. I didn't care. I came home that weekend to meet him and graduated, went back, took my finals, graduated the following week, moved back home. And uh, we've been together ever since. That was almost 13 years ago. That's amazing. I was really hoping you were going to say I messaged him and said, 
hey, dude, I want to be on your top eight on your wall. Because you know how big of a deal that was back in the day. It was like, you motherfucker, you bumped me to three? Why'd you put him in front of me? It was such a big deal. And yes, I did. He put me in his top eight very soon. And number one. That's number right. one. Oh, if your girlfriend wasn't your number one, you were in deep oh, shit. You're toast. You're yeah. done. You're breaking up. Uh, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, so you guys meet together ever since across all of this time without getting, I don't want to get you too emotional again, but without yeah. all this time, what role has Jordan played like in your life, in your family, in your business? If you <sighs> just want to describe like a little bit of each of those without tumbling too far down the rabbit hole. Cause I know I'm sure it's been part of like your foundation, part of your security all the way through. Absolutely. He's been the biggest support. Um, there's a song, I don't know if y'all are familiar with Need to Breathe, but I love that band. And there's a song called Banks and it's the, the, the lyrics in the song say, I'll be the banks to your river. And that's truly what he's been for me is he's been the, the, the foundation, the structure for me to do the damn thing, right? Whatever, whatever I wanted to take a leap in or put myself out there or grow or start, he has always been there to believe in me more than I even believed in myself and has never it said the song after that says um i want to hold you close but never hold you back um i'll be the banks to your river and that's what he's done he has held me so close through it all supported me cheered me on um in my big ideas and and even encouraged me along the way um but he's never held me back and i think that that's that's when I knew that he was really the person I wanted to spend my life with was just how expansive I felt with him. I think a lot of times people think relationships as a whole, like they hold you back or you're, it's the old ball and chain type mentality. And this, our, our relationship has been the most expansive thing for me. It has actually been the thing that has given me such safety to know that if I go out there, do the thing and fall on my face, like he's there to pick me up. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't know where I'd be without him truly. Yeah. So what you're saying is it was a good thing that we didn't use the hashtag ball and chain since that's our last name at our wedding. wedding. That's what Derek wanted to do. Because that was my number one pick and it got vetoed. (laughs) Absolutely not. Yeah, I'm glad it was vetoed. Although I still have a sense of humor, so it still would have been funny. It would have been good. We ended up going with something cheesier. It was ball you need is love. But I liked the ball and chain a lot better. But obviously that's not good for relationships. So good thing we didn't start out there. Uh, Well, I love how you described your relationship with him and how powerful and impactful he's been in your life and that really leads into the topic that I really wanted to get to and that is you know how the importance of your relationship with your spouse or your partner or significant other however mm-hmm. you want to label it and how essential that is to happiness fulfillment safety we've kind of been touching on it as we go but is this something that you try to prioritize when you are working with clients you know 
to address their relationships, whether you're working with couples or single individuals, uh, and just, you know, really expand upon that. Yeah. I mean, if your relationships are not healthy, you cannot be mentally well, emotionally well. It is so intertwined in everything. Um, I think one thing that, that comes up a lot for people is being on different journeys and how to reconcile that, right? Because just, you know, applying it to my personal life with the things I have grown and done and risks I've taken and full-time entrepreneurship and all of those things, it's really common for people to have a partner who isn't on the same path. Even if it, yeah, some just don't support, but even if they just are on a completely different journey and that's not something that they for themselves want or health and fitness, I'm sure you guys see this. It's like one person's getting really healthy and the other one's like, I am not there yet. And that can be a really huge challenge for couples. Um, but I, I'm here to say that if you want someone to honor your journey, you have to honor theirs. I am also here to say that you can and will grow out of someone if they also don't grow. So it's a both and conversation Uh, for myself and Jordan with that fitness world that came up, right? We were used to eating Burger King every day. That's a poor choice. Um, You can pick any other fast food. Come on, the Whopper? It's so good. That's the most overrated restaurant I've ever heard anyone say I, that they like to eat at. But I love a mayo on a burger. You know, not not many places do that. I had so much respect for you and liked you so much <laughs> until we got to this part of the conversation. In fact, we should probably All just cut it. Now. We should cut it here and just yeah. just salvage the episode while we can. <laughs> no, but uh, continue on. Sorry, I didn't mean yes. to cut you off. So, so we. It was a solid six months before he even took interest in health at all. So we were both overweight. Um, and when I started getting healthy, I, I could have like tried to drag him with me, but I knew that I didn't have the energy to do that. (laughs) If I was going to make these big changes myself, um, I wasn't going to drag, try to drag him because it needed to come from him. And so it was about six months of me, like eating my super healthy meals and cooking at home and him still sitting next to me and eating his Burger King. And, um, and that was okay. That was okay. And one day, cause that was his journey. And I wanted to respect that this is mine just because I'm making all these changes. Didn't mean he had to come along. Um, but six months later, he naturally was like, so you're like really fit and happy. (laughs) I think I kind of want to do what you're doing. And I'm like, yeah, sure. And he's like, can you help me? He asked, right. I got the invitation to come in and help. And I did. Um, and same thing with business is Jordan going to be his, does he want to run a multiple six figure business at this point? I don't think so, but he's supportive in, in my journey and that's, what's important. So, um, 
I don't know, full, just to kind of put a bow on that, we have to honor each other's journeys and we cannot force someone to, to be on the same path as we're on. Uh, and at the same time, it could possibly, and this is the scary part, you could possibly grow out of your partner if at some point they don't come along in some way, shape or form, right? Yeah. So that's just been our, our story. And I see that a lot in the clients I work with as a big struggle for them as they're in a therapy room working on themselves and their partners like vegging out on the couch and has no motivation to improve themselves. It's tough. Yeah, we definitely see it. Like you had said, within health and fitness. And I think the way that you just explained all that is really powerful and it's really effective way to go about it because how often do even in our past relationships how often do you find yourself trying to quote-unquote fix the other person or get them to conform to your lifestyle or do these things because you have that connection and you want to maintain that and the only way for you to think that you can maintain that is to bring that person along so when you when you were going through that with jordan how did you was it just self-awareness was it strength resilience how did you navigate those six months and process the fact that, okay, he's, he's not ready. He doesn't want to take this journey with me. How do you just sit there eating chicken and broccoli while he's eating the Whopper and not find resentment towards that? Um, to be honest with you, I had just completely detached and it, and not in a disconnected way. Detachment is different than disconnection. We were very connected but I detached from any expectation that he would change or he should change. Um, this is what made me happy. It was literally a life and death situation for me. And I, I, I say that, and I know it sounds dramatic. It's not literally life and death. I knew I needed to make these changes for myself, for my mental health and my well being, And, um, that was enough for me. And just focusing on that for myself was what I did. And I detached from any sort of expectation or even, even hope that he would change. It just wasn't on my radar. It just wasn't on my radar. Mm -hmm. So it was honestly easy. Once you detach and you decide I am not attached to what, like changing whatever his journey and path is, it was really, really easy. And then it was my, I naturally just became a lighthouse, right? I naturally just became someone who was quite literally like sparkling from the inside out, like sparkly napkin, bikini and all, but like also just happy and radiating my positivity. And he, it didn't repel him. It was going to do one or the other. It was either going to repel him. Like I'm one of those annoying, really happy people <laughs> that miserable people don't Fuck like. Those people. Yeah. So annoying. <laughs> How many times I've been told that? I mean, I would be a millionaire just from that. Like you are way too happy. Um, and I'm cool with it. It's the best compliment ever. But, uh, but he, he naturally was attracted to that and wanted, wanted a piece of that, right? Like the whole, I'll have what she's having kind of thing. Yeah. And that's what I did. That's truly what I did. Focused on myself. 
I love that. I was going to joke earlier, but I wanted to keep the conversation serious because I was going to say that Ed did his willingness to get into fitness have anything to do with the fact that his girlfriend, or at the time, I don't know if you were engaged, is up on stage looking amazing <laughs> in a bikini and he's thinking, holy shit, she is going to leave me. Like, look at that. I am getting ready to marry that and this is what I look like. You know, the funny part is, I bet you not one time did that cross his mind. <laughs> Jordan is the most secure human being I have ever met. Like I could come home and be like, honey, I had lunch with George and then Scott took me out for ice cream and I'm going to go, I'm going to leave here in a bit, all dressed and schnazzy with uh, Alfred and he's going to wine and dine me. And Jordan would be like, have fun, honey. I well, that's, cause, that's because every guy you just mentioned is 70 years old or older with <laughs> no, those why names. Why do I go to that? What are some? So I George, some Alfred, <laughs> like, come on. I'd be secure too. I'd be like, those guys need a walker to get out the fucking front door. I've got to come up with some names. I'm literally drawing a blank. <laughs> uh, no, that's awesome. And I'm sure that's huge for, for your y'all's relationship, right? When someone is that secure and that, that confident, yes. that's incredible. Um, yes. Completely shifting gears away from relationships, which I think we've established super critical and important. Um, yeah. to how we met and we connected, which was through Empower. Yeah. And you are a head coach for Empower. So I just wanted yeah. you to share, and then we can kind of get into uh, the details of it, but share how you went from starting to run your business or you know, mm -hmm. expanding your uh, private practice into signing up for Empower, graduating, and then transitioning into a full-time role with the company. And now you're running with that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. What a journey. <laughs> it's still a pinch me kind of moment when I reflect back because it's so wild how one decision can literally snowball into so many different changes in your life. And so when I reached out to Jess, laid off, scared, thinking I was going to have to sell our house and really about to lose it all with a three month old baby that was staring up at me, like, you know, you have to keep me alive, <laughs> like no pressure. Um, but I reached out to her and was like, okay, I have to make this work. So I joined Empower. I did everything she said, like everything she said, I was just like, I'm doing it her way. And I did, and it worked, go figure. I was very, very coachable. Highly recommend that when you hire someone, like be coachable. And um, from there became a support coach because of the way I showed up, right? She invited me to be a support coach and, um, did that. And then from there, it was an inner, like we, we need to bring on head coaches for this program. And I think they interviewed just a hand, they invited just a handful of people to interviews and I was one of them. And I said, yes, just like, what is happening here? This is so crazy and was hired. Yeah. So now alongside working my business full time, I do head coach and empower helping other people on their businesses, went through a training process 
and lead calls. And it is so, so rewarding uh, because of how close to my heart and power is like truly transforming my life. So it's a, it's a wild ride. That one, that one yes of yes, I will join empower has now turned into this in the last year. So it's wild. Yeah. I love that. We talk about that all the time. And just in terms of like the one, yes. And every, I think a lot of different people talk about this, but you can get turned down a dozen times. You can fail hundreds of times. All it takes is that one opportunity that one decision and that yeah. can be the catalyst to like something you had never imagined before. And yeah. because I used to tell folks all the time in the coaching world, like full-time strength and conditioning, they would ask like, how have you done all of these positions? How were you able to get to where you were? And I was like, I asked people. And then if they gave me an opportunity, I said, yes. Cause yep. that everyone is going to teach you something. It's going to be a stepping stone. And then one of them is going to, be like the game changer yeah or along the way they're all going to say no and you're going to be like what the fuck and then finally one person is going to say yes and it'll be the game changer so it really is yep. just all about that one opportunity absolutely it's it's it can change everything and that's how yeah you and i met us all three of us met um was through that whole experience. I, but was I a support? How did this happen? Was I the creeper in the background training through y'all's cohort? No, you, well, no, because no. you were, you and Brett were leading calls together. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow. Time flies. Okay. So yeah, y'all were just, this was just like 13 weeks cohort? ago. Yeah. yeah. Gosh. Why does it feel <laughs> like I've known you guys for so much longer than that? We just have connected on such a deep levels through the DMs. <laughs> And the no, private messaging and, and, and you know secrets about me, like MySpace and all of that stuff. Yeah, don't worry, I'm not a creeper unless I have to interview you on a podcast. Like, other than that, I don't look at anyone's shit. But when I have to talk to you, I need to find That's out hilarious. some information. No, it's good. I respect that a lot. I literally just... just went through your Instagram and I was like, okay, whichever posts have the most likes and comments, they're probably the most personal. Clicked on those, read through them. Like you've done this before or something. Just once or twice. Uh, <laughs> Well, so that's amazing. And yes, that's how we ended up connecting. And we were uh, awarded the opportunity to come in and be support coaches as well. So we're back in another cohort uh, watching you and Brett and Jess and the rest of the team just crush it and dominate and uh, seeing it from the other side of things. So super rewarding and impactful there. Um, with your time in Empower, because it has kind of happened quickly, right? Because what cohort were you in? Ten. 10. Okay, it was, so it was summer of 2020. Yeah. Yeah. So four cohorts ago. Yeah. What has been your favorite part of that empower journey going from student to sport coach to head coach, uh, or maybe Ooh. like a piece from each one? I know I didn't put this on the outline, so I'm putting you on the spot. Oh, oh, I like this. So my favorite part, you'll have to take me through this. So being a student, my favorite part was truly surrendering to someone else's guidance. I'm someone who can really like grip on and feel like I need to control everything and resist and even get defensive, right? Which is ego. Ashley's and kicking I, me under the table. No, I'm not. I like, like, <laughs> um, but, but being able to say, I don't know how to do this please guide me and like having full openness for that guidance. 
that has taught me so much. And truly that that's the first time I have been that open to someone else's guidance in my entire life. And there's so much to be said for that. So, um, yeah, that's definitely my, my favorite part of my student journey is just accessing that part of full surrender in myself and trusting someone else for guidance. Um, as coach, oh my goodness, this is, this, I'm going to speak from this, this part of things from just like a real time. This is not reflecting back. I am still very much in it and new to it. And it is going through all of the fear and discomfort that people talk about. This is that area of my life now. Like I have so much confidence in my ability to have like one-on-one therapy sessions and coaching sessions with my clients. Um, But this business coaching and coming into this large group program atmosphere is very new for me. And so my favorite part is just expanding is just um working through the discomfort and doing it anyway just like we have to do anytime we're growing so that's it's kind of cheesy but that's where i am with it it's very much happening right now (laughs) (laughs) i love that i thought you were gonna say something else but uh yeah that's amazing and i think really that was probably the last big thing we wanted to touch on there was empower, but to bring this conversation all the way around the barn, so to speak, mm-hmm. if someone listening is like currently finds themselves in one of the chapters of your life that you described, maybe they are suffering from depression or anxiety or lacking fulfillment. They're feeling stuck or unseen. What would be the top three things that that person could do right now to start taking strides towards you know, a greater quality of life, finding fulfillment, really just transforming their life. What would be mm-hmm. your three pieces of advice? Listen to yourself. The emotions that you're having, the experiences that you're having are talking to you. They're trying to tell you something. And we are taught to self betray our entire lives from when we're toddlers and we fall down on the pavement and someone picks us up and says, you're fine when you really just want to cry and be held to when you are upset over something and no one processes that emotion with you and instead tells you you're too sensitive or too dramatic. Um, You're not to anything we need to come back to trusting ourselves and listening to the language of our body. And it talks to you through sensation. So that's first and foremost, you're not crazy. You haven't lost your marbles, like you make sense and leaning into that. Um, The second thing would be getting guidance from someone who is equipped to guide you. So a professional who can be in your corner, who can, therapists are basically just people to co-regulate with you. Like they're just there to be with you, to see you and your vulnerability, which shatters shame. A coach, same thing, Um, get help. I will always have a coach. 
I will always have a therapist. I will always have mentors because we can never see all of our own bullshit. So you need someone on the outside who is reflecting things back to you. And then the third thing is relationships, community. Uh, my most expansive times in my life always have a community aspect to it. So while working one-on-one -on -one with someone is so beautiful, getting involved in a community, and it doesn't necessarily have to be mental health community. It doesn't have, the community can be in any realm of your life. If it's at church, if it's a, a painting community, if it's a fitness community, if it, I don't care what it is, but like really invest in community relationships. That's what, those are the three. Love that. That's awesome. What a note to end on. Mm -hmm. uh, boom. Yeah. Now, uh, for anyone who's listening, if they want to find out more about you, Andy, your story, your your practice, your programs that you offer, where can they find you at? Instagram is the best place. Andy, A-N-D-I underscore Ruth, R-U-T-H. Thank you, Grandma, for that middle name. Um and maybe yeah, that's why I, you're attracted to old men is maybe that's what it is alfred coming for yeah. you um <laughs> but yeah i truly view that platform as that is a community to me this is that's not something that i view as like i'm an expert on this platform it's i want friends over there i want community over there so please find me over there and slide into my dms anytime um and let's just be humans together say so, okay so i just want to clarify we're finding you at andy underscore ruth yeah right on instagram not tail of a tight tush on facebook <laughs> hey if you find me on tail of a tight tush enter at your own risk okay <laughs> there's gonna be lots of booty shots lots of supplement plugs it's going to be a mess. Stay out of that page. <laughs> All right, Andy. Thank you so much for hopping in here and having a conversation with us. I know we really enjoyed it and looking forward to seeing all that you do here in the, uh, in the near future. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Whether this is your first time tuning in or if you're here with us each and every week, Ash and I just want to take a moment to express our thanks and gratitude. We are so incredibly blessed to have your support, and we could not continue to show up week in and week out if it were not for you. If you enjoy what you hear on this channel, please head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating, leave a review in there as well. That is how we reach more people and change more lives through the platform. Lastly, if you don't follow us across all of our other social media accounts, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. Our handles are either ballistic.performance or ballistic performance across all of those platforms. Or you can check us out online at trainballistic.com. Again, we appreciate and love you so much, and we hope you have a fantastic week.